0: Hey, it's Anne-Marie. Just before we start today's show, I wanted to apologize because I have recorded it and I've just realized that I forgot to change my setting on my microphone. So instead of using my fancy fancy Rodecaster Pro and my pod mic to record the episode, I was recording via my microphone in my Mac so the sound quality is certainly not what I would have hoped. However, I am just going with the flow and saying I apologize, but the content was just so good. I'm hoping that the content is going to trump the sound quality and you will forgive me for that. So I just wanted to say that the sound quality I wish would have been a bit better, but there you go. Uh, Enjoy today's show. Hey, it's anne Welcome to another episode. This is another solo show where just you and I get to hang out today. And I'm going to be talking about a topic that I think is so important, especially for ambitious, driven entrepreneurs. But let me ask you a question. Have you put your heart and your soul and hard work into a project only to have it fail miserably? And not only did you not get the results you wanted, you got nowhere near those results. And when you think about that whole situation, it feels ick and you want nothing more to forget what feels like a complete fiasco and a complete waste of your time. You'd rather forget it and move on. Now, if you're an ambitious, driven entrepreneur, I'm sure you have. I'm putting my hand up. I have had many of those scenarios, let me tell you, over the years. And I'm sure there is one time or another that you've experienced a failure. And by the way, let me just say that I have learned that there are no such things as failures, but rather feedback. But I'm going to use that word failure because often we use that. Oh, I'm a failure. That particular program launch failed. But let's call it a failure or a setback or a disappointment, whatever you call it. It's a time when a project or a goal that you worked so hard for, it didn't work out and it has left you disappointed. But did you know that it's the way that you handle that disappointment, that failure or whatever you you call it, that will determine not only how quickly you bounce back, but how well you bounce back and whether this disappointment, this failure can keep you stuck and playing small, even if you don't realize it. Now, several years ago, I learned about something that was called goal trauma. It's still called goal trauma, but it was from Margaret Lynch, who is a success coach, and she's also a leading expert in the area of tapping. So EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. Some of you might be familiar or even maybe certified in that particular modality. And that helps and she helps people clear emotional blocks caused by limiting beliefs. And one of these areas that she spoke about was goal trauma, which can and it will keep us stuck if we don't address the situation. Now, let me explain in the words from Margaret Lynch what goal trauma is. It's any experience from the past, so from your past, that leaves you feeling either of these three things, an increased level of distress or anxiety, or even regret. When you think about it, when you recall it, you start feeling, you know, and you don't want to think about it anymore. It also increases your stress and even a tendency to overreact when a current situation starts to feel a little bit similar. We recognize some of those things. We go, oh, not going near that again, and you kind of, you know, move away. And then lastly, you feel a great sense of loss of your personal power. And that can come in the form of trust trust in yourself, trust in others, confidence, confidence in yourself, confidence in others, or belief and even self belief. That's what goal trauma does. So when it comes to the project and the goal that you were working so hard on, you know, towards uh, hard on and it failed this event if you don't look at it and handle it properly can cause you to trust yourself less and have you playing small trust other people and resources less and therefore what you may do is not seek the support you need while also becoming more skeptical of the idea that anything is possible for you now i'm sharing this today because when i learned about gold trauma I could see over the years that I had many little instances and projects, some not so little, and where I didn't have the results that I wanted. And I continued to keep on going, keep on going. But when I look back, I could see that... I started to play small. I started to, maybe I won't go such big numbers, but those numbers, just the fact of me going, I'm not going to have such big numbers or, all oh, this feels Key again. I'm just going to stop that project and move on. And I had created a situation where I was really excited about new projects, the creativity and getting it set up. But then as soon as it started to come to crunch time and I could see it wasn't really going the way that I wanted to, rather than wait and do and shift and try something different in that project, reviewing and seeing what can I do better so that when I go again, the numbers can start to shift and I'm learning and growing from that. I didn't do that. I just swept it under the carpet, a new year, new journal, I'm just going to start from scratch and not addressing all of the other things. So when I had my, an event, which you might have heard me talk about, I call it the my worst business failure ever, I knew that I needed to deal with it because for those of you who are, many of you are coaches and consultants and you've learned different modalities and things that you can have these little emotional events along your timeline, along, you know, the journey of life. However, something happens and it's such a significant Emotional event that it can bind, it can tie itself, it can just bring all of the other things into line. It strengthens that tie and that binding so much, it becomes a, it becomes a barrier, it becomes a block, it becomes a stronghold. And I knew that if I did not deal with the, the, my worst business failure ever, that the, it had the potential for me to change core values around trust, trust of myself, trust of others, and I didn't want to go through life mistrusting of others i wanted to treat others as i tra- taught myself and and see the good in, in others and uh, and and that you know might have heard me tell the story of uh, how i hired the most you know expensive the most high level coach that i ever had and uh, for many of you who know that I'm a Christian, I spend a lot of time in prayer, going through forgiveness. And, uh, yeah, it took months and months and months, years in fact. However, it's now the best thing that ever could have happened to me. Yep, the worst Business failure ever was the best thing that ever happened to me because it gave me, A, the kick up the backside that I needed, (laughs) the shake up that I needed, and because I took time to heal from it, uh, goal trauma was no longer there. I was able to deal with it. And that's why today I want to share the five insights, the five ways, the five things that I did that would enable you to move forward as it has me, particularly if you are now at the end of a situation or maybe a number of situations or maybe if you're honest with yourself, you have not really established any projects or goals because the word goal in and of itself has you go, oh I don't set goals, I just you know, kind of go with the flow. Some of you are going with the flow and that's okay. But if you're honest with yourself and say, you know what, I'm not setting goals. And I've heard one of my colleagues say this once after, you know, previous uh, disappointment she said look I'm not setting goals this year yet last year I did that and I failed miserably So this year I'm playing it safe I'm just going to go with the flow." and when she was honest with herself she she said look I really need to address this because I can't continue building my business fearful that if I'm going to do something it may not work out because you're going to try and protect yourself. No, none of you, none of us want to fail, do we? So guess what? If we don't try hard, and we don't go hard, and we don't, you know, go in with everything that we have and what we can do and the resources that we need. We're never going to surprise ourselves, you know, we're never going to learn in grow. So anyway, let's dive in to these five ways, these five insights, and I hope that there is helpful for you in your journey of dealing with this, the grief and loss. It really does feel like a grief and loss, particularly for those of us who are service based businesses, and we want to make an impact in the world with our message, with our methodologies, because we know that we have the solution to support clients, Okay. So number one, you um, are not your results. Don't dwell on your disappointments. I'm going to say this again, because it's so important. I just want you to let this sink in. You are not your results. Don't dwell on on your disappointments because if you continue to dwell on your disappointments whether you begin and for some of us and look and just just go with me here sometimes what we do is we start looking at well where did it go wrong and that may have us point the finger at well this technology didn't work very well or we might point the finger at others maybe our team members didn't work very well Um, you know in my case of my worst business failure ever there was a partner involved now I could have very much pointed the finger however I was honest with myself and realized you know there were certain things there were certain signs that happened prior that we should have put into place and I was just as much um, an author of that and in control of that and so the moment we start pointing fingers then it's disempowering because it's kind of saying "Well, these things were out of my control well what was in my control and how can I empower myself to then be able to say well if I had have done that or if that had have been in place I might have gotten a better result or a different result that's far more empowering because it means you can move forward but not if you get stuck in your disappointments and in in that um you know in, in that situation where it feels like you're out of control. It's not helping you and will only cause you to strengthen your angst, your anxiety that you have around that situation. However, what it also will do is impact how you approach new goals, as I mentioned earlier. And so you may be more hesitant to plan big, to hire a team, to take the next steps or these steps that you need to take because guess what? It doesn't feel safe and you don't want to set yourself up for failure. And as you can see, it's actually and it can become a self-perpetuating cycle because by doing or not doing certain things, you're going to end up with the same result. And it's probably the same result that you want to avoid, therefore proving to yourself the belief, the unhelpful belief that you can't achieve your goals. Guess what? You can. There are steps that you need to take. And the first one is believing to your very core that you are not your results. This is just a moment in time that happened. So not failure, just feedback. This moment in time is giving you feedback and how you approach it and move forward from it is going to determine where you go next. So please don't dwell on your disappointments, but rather discovery of where you can go from now. What are the learnings you want to take from from this? And we'll talk about those in, in some of the other steps, other things that I'm going to share. So that's number one. You are not your results. Don't dwell on your disappointments. Number two, and by the way, this is a terrible anal- analogy. We've heard it before, uh, but the meaning behind this analogy is what I want to bring forward. So here it is. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't throw the baby out with the bath water. So only when we have had a massive project failure, or maybe when we think of a start of a new year we want to forget what happened the the year you know the year that has just gone we want to buy a fresh new journal we want to start again or we want to move you know from one project by sweeping the failed project under the carpet and moving on so that didn't work very well I am just going to sweep that ignore that forget that because spending time and thinking about that and unpacking it makes you feel anxious disappointed and angry at yourself or maybe at others so if we don't Um, look at that guess what we're going to throw the golden nuggets out and the learnings out and maybe even some of the teachings that we want to bring in to the methodologies that we share with clients because if you you're able to work through that and grow and learn from that and shape your character through that guess what that becomes a powerful principle in teaching you can then pass on to your clients but not if we throw that learning out alongside everything, the entire project, sweep it under the carpet, or like the uh, analogy I shared, you throw it all out with the bath water. Don't throw out the precious life or aspects of the project that did work well. However, because you want to ignore the project altogether, because thinking about it makes you feel bad, you miss out on all those golden nuggets and the things that did work well and that you do want to keep doing in the future now you may have heard me share before that years ago I worked in a career consulting practice I had a career consulting practice and when I worked with people who were unhappy in their jobs and I think of one particular executive many would come to me I hate my job want to leave blah blah blah, blah. and so they would often say I despise my job need to find something quickly can't stand and do my role and need you know any longer Monday mornings feel such like a drag and I can't wait till Friday and the weekend now when I ask them often and say well so what specifically do you like dislike about your job their response would often be oh everything there's nothing about my job that I really enjoy to which I'd say everything you mean there's absolutely nothing that you enjoy about your role and then I'd be silent And after a little while, they'd often say, well, not everything. I do enjoy. And then they might list something. And then I would go, hmm, that's interesting. Well, what else? And so we would use that, that little thread, that little bit of uh, information around, well, I don't mind doing that so much, to start to to develop a list of things that they did enjoy. And sometimes they would realise, in actual fact, it wasn't so much the job or the tasks, maybe some of the tasks I think, well, you know, I could leave that, but you know, I don't mind doing that so much, but these are the things that I really love, love to do. Sometimes it's actually, you know, what I love to do, but it's the environment that I'm actually working in. And sometimes it even is their immediate supervisor. So there may have been a change in um, leadership and that leadership had brought, a, 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 a you know, a change in culture and the new culture of the organisation with the direction of the new team, the new leadership team, changed the environment in which, that particular person, my client, was working, and that's what they did not like. However, because that, you know, the negativity of the workplace and going in was just, ugh, and they found their anxiety and their stress levels increase, they then thought, well, I just don't like my job, need to leave. But it was the task that they did enjoy doing. It was just the environment in which they were doing it they didn't enjoy and the new expectations and the culture of the new leadership team. So be mindful that like my career clients who said that they hated their jobs and wanted to leave because they hated everything about their job, take the time to unpack this project that you did just work on and figure out what did work well on that project don't label the entire thing as a complete and utter failure remember success leaves clues and there's clues in failure and disappointments and flops as well when you have the courage to go exploring go and find those golden nuggets even from those projects that failed miserably and that leads me on to the next thing number three reflection and retrospection are key. Now while reflection and retrospection may seem one and you know of the same reflection is kind of when you reflect back over things that happen so more from a big picture sweeping overview however retrospection is when we go exploring for the deeper meaning the deeper lessons and the learnings and I think both are key so whilst reflection and retrospection can be used and you know interchangeably I think the retrospection goes deep the deep and I love those deep learnings and just kind of sitting sometimes. Be curious, because that curiosity is going to lead you into places and spaces that are going to surprise you. And then you realize, oh my goodness, what an incredible learning. And that'll lead me into uh, the fourth point. But before I go into the fourth point, let's just spend a little bit of time reflecting and Can we use the word retrospecting? I don't know. I just love making up words sometimes too. So we'll just pretend that it is a word. So I'm going to ask you a question. Do you reflect? Do you take the time to retrospect? Because both are key, especially when it comes to taking the learnings from even positive lessons you know positive situations what did we learn what do we want to keep doing what didn't maybe work so well but particularly from the the failures and the flops because we want to look for those silver linings even if they're not that obvious at the start so how do you spend time in reflection and retrospection that's also important because your environment and the time that you allow yourself to reflect and retrospect, I think, is key. So, for me, journaling my thoughts, getting everything out of my head, there's my goodness, there's a lot going on in my head. I have to tell you, I'm an introvert, and uh, I often joke with my friends who some of them are, you know, extroverts um, through and through. <laughs> and I remember having a conversation, it makes me chuckle and laugh when I think um, one of my colleagues. Um, was talking about something and she said, yeah, I'm an extrovert. And I said, oh, I'm an introvert. What about the voices in the the head? I can have heaps of conversations with them. She looked at me, she goes, I got nothing. I got no conversations in my head, which is why I need to surround myself with people. And we had a bit of a chuckle. But it's true, there's so much going on in our heads and um, sometimes we need to quieten those down. But, you know, for me, I love journaling getting thoughts out of my head onto paper really helps. And doing so uninterrupted. So early mornings for me are really great. And sometimes late, late, late at night uh, in in the AMs is good time for me too. Although the next morning when I got to get up, not so much. But you know what I mean, you know, when you're there and your thoughts are flowing and you're writing it down, I have kept journals over the last number of years and sometimes when I go back I can see certain themes developing or it reminds me of how far I have grown and learned or sometimes there's that paradigm again that needs to be shifted there's the thing that I need to bring in prayer again to the Lord because it's still an issue for me and I've been able to do that because I've documented it and I've journaled it I've got it out of my head so it's not rattling around there you know getting annoying. You know, sometimes for me being out in nature and being able to process that way helps too. And sometimes talking to myself and speaking out loud helps too. I love that. Um, You know, if there are people around me, my family would be thinking, what on earth is she doing? But sometimes just doing that, walking and, and stepping things through verbally helps me and as I've mentioned as a Christian it's vitally important for me to bring my thoughts and my feelings my whinges by the way and my disappointments to the Lord in prayer and guess what he wants us to do that he's my loving father he knows exactly what's going on and he knows better myself better than I know myself and what I need so checking in with him speaking to him about it always helps he's got all of the answers when I don't and you know as ambitious entrepreneurs and I put my hand up, I can be a little bit stubborn and try and do things on my own and on my own and on my own. I can just imagine them sitting back, you know, kind of wrapping his fingers on the the boardroom table there up in heaven, thinking, now, are you ready to come back to me and and ask me what you actually need? Are we going to go round and round in circles again? Thank the Lord that he is a patient uh, father. And so, yeah, journaling helps me. Spending time in prayer helps me tap into that as well. It's an incredible way for me to learn the insights and what I need to do to move forward. So here are some things to consider when we're looking at these projects uh, and, and gaining from them the silver linings and the things that is going to help you move forward. Break down the project into stages and then make a note of each of the steps in those stages and ask yourself some of the following questions. What worked well that I would want to continue doing moving forward? What could I or my team have done better to improve the outcome or have a better result. What do I need to go back to the drawing board with? What do I want to scrap the next time? And maybe we can have a look at the resources as well. What resources worked well? What resources could have helped? And what resources were a waste of time that will be scrapped or replaced? And then you need to ask yourself, about yourself. What am I most proud of about how I showed up on the project? Let's look for those silver linings. You gave it your all. You got up every morning. You committed to that project. You showed up on time. You kept yourself accountable. You were able to look back at the project checklist and there are a lot of ticks. Celebrate that because that needs to be celebrated. It's how you showed up as the CEO of your business. And what mindset did you have when it came to those things of which you are most proud? I want you to write that down in your journal and I want you to repeat that and out loud and state that out loud because that's the mindset that you want to bring with you when you start to look at the things that maybe need tweaking. Maybe there is some aspect of your mindset that needs to be shifted which leads me to the next point how can you adopt that mindset across the other areas of the project where perhaps you didn't feel as confident and what mindset will you pen will you write down will you document that you can remind yourself of to empower you the next time you approach a similar project, write it down in your journal, put it up on a on a piece of paper that you can put in front of you. If you're a painter or so, paint it and put it somewhere where you can read it and see it and remind yourself of that empowering mindset every single day. Which leads me to the fourth thing, and this is really exciting, when you start to look at some of those learnings and those lessons, those silver linings, Make your failures your foundations. Make your failures and your flops your foundations. What do I mean about this? Well, I love this point. You want to know why? Because many of the things that I teach, many of the principles that I share today have been on the back of my failures and my flops. And had I not gone through the first three steps that I've shared with you, the first three things, I wouldn't have gotten to this one where you can turn your failures and your flops into your foundations. And I'm talking about your methodologies, your principles, your teachings. And guess what? These are just one of the unique and uncopyable aspects of your story and your teaching that no one else has because they haven't had the flops and the failures that you have had. Maybe they've had their own failures, but here are the lessons and the learnings and the teachings and the methodologies that you can glean from your failure and your flop that you can teach in your programs. And yeah, they don't have the same journey, the same story, the same background, the same trials and tribulations that you have walked, which is why, it made, you know, this is so exciting when you look at those and make them your foundations. Now, let me give you an example. There's a tactic that I teach with my clients when it comes to their podcast podcast that enables them to nurture listeners into leads from their very first episode. And that particular tactic came, it was from a failure and a flop, um, when I started Women in Leadership Podcast. And I started Women in Leadership Podcast after my worst business failure ever, which as I mentioned earlier, is now the best thing that could have happened to me because it did lead me down the path that I am today. But I started Women in Leadership Podcast after um, the partnership failure, and I could not write, could not put two words together, could not create programs. And this is an area of my my, my giftings, my skills, my strengths. I'm able to do that. But I wasn't able to do that because I was burned out. I was depressed and I was thinking, what next? but I knew that I could ask good questions. So I thought if I surround myself with other incredible women and learn from them, ask them questions, what did you do when you failed? How did you pick yourself up? What is the greatest insight that you would want to tell your younger self? so that you could then move forward through situations of um, pain, of, you know, trials and, and fail, failures. And so that's what I did. I started Women and Leadership Podcast as a way to deal with my grief and loss. But an interesting thing happened. After only three episodes of Women in Leadership Podcast, I accidentally generated two For bigger clients. And it wasn't until a number of years later that I thought, hmm, if I could retrace the steps that these two women, who had no idea who I was, they Googled brand and business consultant, it led them to my website, they listened to the three episodes, had a look around my website, and then decided they wanted to work with me. And it's from that accident of generating two four-figure clients that led to my book, my principles, my program, or well, my book, Industry Thought Leader, From Invisible to Influential and Profitable with a Podcast, and my program, Podcasting with Purpose, Idea to Launch Your Thought Leader Podcast. That was created. Those things were created. From my failure came my teaching and principles, a book and a program. And many of the things that I'm teaching you today, it was on the back of my failure, on the back of my flop. It's become a foundation upon which I now stand and can do so confidently and saying to you, that's why I can say to you, you know, you are not your results. Don't dwell on your disappointments. I did far too long. Move on, take those, you know, take those lessons and yeah, start to teach them. So, when looking at the project, not only look for the learnings that you can take away, but whether any of these things that you've now learned and continue to move forward with can that become a teaching or a principle, or can that strengthen and validate the teaching and principle that you have? And that's going to help people shift through. Now, by the way, if this is something that you continue to struggle with, you're not able to look at the golden nuggets. You're not able to look at the teaching or the principle and you're thinking, I don't know, Anne-Marie, I'm all confused. Um, This is an area that I love to help clients with, by the way. So let's jump on a call and see how I can support you. The link, anne forward slash let's chat, anne forward slash let's chat. Let's get on a call and see how we can help um, shift you forward. And that leads me to the last thing, number five. Don't lose the momentum you've made. Don't lose the momentum you've made. Now, even though you didn't quite get the results that you wanted, you have still built some momentum and you don't want to lose that. You've taken steps, it's moved you forward, even if in a couple of inches or a couple of steps, and you don't want to lose that advantage you don't want to lose that momentum that you've made so think about the list of people that you have developed don't lose momentum of those people those connections reach out ask them for some honest feedback about you know where they're at what they're hoping to learn where are they most stuck and looking for support And then as you're asking these questions Mm -hmm. and getting this incredible feedback, ask yourself, think to yourself, is this an area that I'm actually able to support them with? And then if it is, create them an offer and offer it to them. And this is exactly what one of my mentors did. She did exactly that. She had a launch for a particular program that she'd put together, but no one made a purchase after her offer. So what she did rather than sweeping it under the carpet rather than just okay that didn't work onto the next project she actually went back and rang every single one of those people who attended the masterclass launch and she asked them you know you might email people and, and ask them look I'd love to have a chat with you 15 minutes I just want to get some feedback, um, which I know is going to be really helpful from, you know, how I move forward and and what what you really need uh, support in. And that's exactly what she did. She got incredible feedback about what each person was hoping to achieve what they were looking for, what their struggles were, and then she realised that she was actually skilled in the area that she needed support in. So she put together an offering, made the proposal to a number of these people, and she sold out that program. And from there she continued to tweak her messaging and what she was teaching to tap into what her ideal client really needed. She maintained the momentum that she had made And she kind of pivoted a little bit. I know you might not like that word because we've done a lot of pivoting over the last two years, but she slightly tweaked her offering because she realized where she was speaking was many, many more steps advanced, many more steps ahead of where her ideal client actually was. So she needed to go back and start right at the beginning, which is often a lesson many of us who are experts in our field, we are specialists in our field, we forget, don't we? often about where our actual ideal clients actually are way, 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 way back. So sometimes our offering is too, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? It's far more advanced than where our clients are right then. And so what she did, she scaled her offerings right back and positioned it for where her ideal clients needed it right now and from there she was able to continue to evolve her message and her offerings and those particular clients became high level clients. So I wonder what can you build from the momentum that you've made From this last project. Can you reach out to people and maybe hold in what I call an informational interview where you're able to gain information that you can then use to tweak your message and your offering and how you move forward? Perhaps, too, you can learn from these people that you connect with that had been to your masterclass, that had enrolled, that had signed up because something tweaked their message initially. So go back and find out what that was, what they what they were they looking for, and what can you maybe offer them now? In the interim, that is most pressing for them, and for their most pressing need, and then go and build that and offer that. Don't take too long to, you know, just offer something to them and you might surprise yourself just like my mentor did and she had five or whatever people was, I can't remember the number, but if you have five people or ten people, whatever, run it because that's going to give you information on how you're going to evolve your ongoing problems. I'm sure any information that you can gain from these people will be invaluable even if you choose not to offer something Because you want to take that information uh, with you. Don't lose momentum. There's a reason why those people have signed up. Um, So don't lose the momentum that you've already made now by the way if you're not sure how best to set up an informational interview um, we've got a training a masterclass training right inside the influence alliance and if you need to tweak your message in your offering because this is something that you're stuck with as well we've got a masterclass on those topics as as well the influence that's my membership program for coaches and consultants who want to build a you know profitable scalable business while also launch and grow their thought leader podcast now you may not want to have a podcast and that's okay but you do want to build a profitable and scalable business that makes a much bigger impact in the world with your message the influencealliance.com. let me just uh, say go and check us out i would love to see you in the community So that were were the five things. Five ways to recover and bounce back after failure fast. Number one, you are not your results. Don't dwell on disappointments. Number two, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Three, reflection and retrospection are key. Number four, make your failures your foundations. And number five, Don't lose the momentum you've made. Now, after listening to this episode, if you believe that you may just have gold trauma and this is what's keeping you stuck, there's a block that you just have not been able to break through. It's keeping you stuck from building your business. It's keeping you stuck from making an impact that you want to make in the world, I highly recommend that you come and join us inside the Influence Alliance. I've even got a special bonus training on how to transform goal trauma, which I actually call Missed Milestones, as a way to support you i mean we've just covered you know covered um some key points today which i know you're going to find helpful but if you want to dive deeper into it come and join us in the influence alliance or maybe you'd like to work with me privately let's have a chat go to that web address which i've already mentioned in the show henrycross.com forward slash let's chat let's get a time in my calendar to do so because gold trauma is a thing and it can and will keep you stuck if you don't address it. So the five things I share today is certainly going to help. But if you know you need additional support, uh, I really welcome, would love to support you uh, and yeah to help you share your message in a much bigger way now by the way i'm planning on doing more of these solo shows if you think you've got a topic that you want me to cover email me at podcast at com. if you've enjoyed today's show if you've found some value in it i'd love for you to leave some feedback over on apple that helps us kind of um, get our message out even further maybe you've got a friend or a colleague who you believe could really benefit from today's show go ahead and share it with them. And as always, I appreciate you, and I really look forward to helping you grow your business, become known as that trusted authority in your industry, the choice versus just a choice when your ideal client is ready to move forward. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by the